after the New Testament church. And the barn culture is to honor and to give preference to others. So we want to build an atmosphere where everybody's gifting and calling and vision is valuable. Look at the person next to you and say, you're valuable. You know, it's hard to build that type of culture when we live in a, a, a culture where everything is me, myself, and I. What I can do for myself, how I can get ahead. You know, we even have these slogans that you hear every once in a while. Have it your own way. You owe it to yourself. You deserve a break. Do yourself a favor. Everything is focused on ourselves. I used to work with this girl, and at the end of the week, she would always say, I'm going to go out because I owe it to myself. And she would go out on Friday nights, which that's fine if you want to go out on Friday nights. But then she would come back on Monday morning with this story about how she totally drank herself into oblivion, got sick, spent the weekend in bed, in front of the porcelain throne, and she's telling me she owed that to herself. And I was like, you know, I finally told her, I said, you know what, I do not owe that to myself. <laughs> Maybe you think you owe that to yourself, but I know that I don't owe that to myself. Amen. She would come in just totally wasted. So, but immediately when I think of honor and valuable, did you... While I'm thinking of it, Lori, what you said about the helicopters, did you notice it wasn't one helicopter? It was many. And they were in unity, working together. See, in Romans 12 and in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about us and our giftings, but how we're all one body. And how we're to honor one another. You know, when I think of my body, I realize that a lot of times, you know, you can look at me and say, boy, she looks healthy. But maybe on the inside, something is not healthy. But we may not notice that because you cannot see it. It doesn't make it less important. So immediately in Romans chapter 12, Paul starts out about talking about transformation. Then he touches on how we're to think of ourselves. Then he talks about our giftings and goes back to our relationship with one another. So he sandwiches our relationship with one another and puts the giftings in the middle. So one of the words, here's Romans 12, 9 through 11. It said, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. So I looked up some of these words. To be kindly affectionate means not only to love, but have an inclination to love. And it talks about, it denotes a parent to a child. To be that affectionate towards one another. Preferring someone is to give them preeminence. That doesn't necessarily need honor. I can prefer someone Put them above myself, but it may not involve honor. So I've told this story before. I was, I was at work, and 
there was this girl there that absolutely, totally hated me. I mean, she hated, if I walked in the room, you could just feel it. I know that's hard to believe that anyone would ever hate me. You're right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) But she hated me. I don't even know why she hated me. And there were days I would go home in tears because of the way she treated me. So one day we're in the locker room and there's this uh, project that she's in charge of and I've been asked to help out with this project. Well, needless to say, I didn't want to do it. And part of the reason was I was only like filling in that area. It was not my permanent area. So I said to the foreman who was standing there, I said, I really don't want to do this. Could you get someone else? Well, she came from around the foreman and she had her fist like this. And she was getting ready to hit me when the foreman stopped her. Well, we weren't the only ones in that room. So some of the girls actually went to personnel about this. I did not. They went to personnel So they came back to me, encouraging me to go to personnel. Their plan actually was they were hoping the girl would hit me. For some reason, I had a real problem with this plan. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, bodily harm to me? But they were hoping she would hit me and they would hold me down so I would not respond. And then we could all go to personnel and get her in trouble. But in the meantime, they went to personnel anyway. And personnel says, you're making the complaint. We can't do anything unless Kelly comes. So they came back to me with this. And I said, no, I, I, I can't do that. The next day, the supervisor heard about what happened. He came into the room where I was working, and he says, and I knew why he was there. He says, Kelly, is there anything you want to tell me? I said, nope, absolutely not. There's nothing I want to say. See, what was happening was I was giving her place above myself. I could have looked at her and said, I wouldn't have to put up with her anymore. I wouldn't be going home in tears. This would make my 40-hour work week wonderful. But instead, I looked at her and said, she's a mother. She needs her job. I'm going to push her forward. That's preeminence. That's preferring someone. It's pushing someone forward. I'm going to push her forward ahead of me and put her needs and her, you know, what she needs above mine. That's preferring someone. And by the way, years later, we became friends. She apologized. And she does not know to this day that I had the opportunity to get her fired from the job. I never told her. But God turned it around. Honor, on the other hand, is the attitude of respect and support. It wasn't that I honestly did not feel any respect for this woman. I don't know why. But there was no honor. There was no honor. There was a preferring, but no honor. Honor is an attitude of action and support. Part of honor is standing with others with their call and their vision. You know, we're called to honor our parents. I think every, I feel bad for every child that grows up in a Christian home because by the time they're seven, they're just finding out there's nine, under, nine other commandments besides honor thy father and mother. Before that, they only think there's one. <laughs> so 
We have to honor our parents. We have to honor our pastors. We have to honor those that have authority over us. But we also have to honor one another in regard for our giftings and our callings and our vision. You see, I may not see things the same way you do. I have a, a, a cousin that I dearly love, and I call her our administrator because she has a way of stepping in. And she's, if you take a trip with her, she is great. You don't have to do a thing. It'll all be set up for you. Everything will be taken care of. But at the same time, because she has that A personality, she has a way of running over you and taking charge when maybe she shouldn't. But I've learned to appreciate her gifting. It has made me understand her by learning that she's an administrator. For years, I would question and say, God, why is she like that? She's so bossy. But then I realized it was part of what God had given her. It was part of who she is. And now I can make allowances when I really want to choke her. (laughs) Matter of fact, I called her the other day about a trip I'm taking, and I was like, why did I call her? Why did I call her? Why did I call her? (laughs) So interesting, though, in, in Acts, there's a story about Barnabas and Saul at this point. And in the story, we read about Barnabas bringing Saul to the disciples. Barnabas is pushing Saul forward. He's saying, we need to accept him. We need to take him in. We need, and he's putting his own needs. Because I'm, I'm thinking as I'm reading this again, I'm imagining it to myself. How does this conversation come about that Barnabas actually trusts Saul at this point? I mean, is not like it can be done in a text or a cell phone? So is it because he heard him preaching? I mean, how does he build this trust with Saul to bring him to the other disciples and say, hey, we need to trust this man? Yeah, I know he was killing Christians, but really, he's okay now. But he put him before himself. He encouraged him. And he, put, he preferred him above himself. But then when you go down in Acts chapter 13... It starts out with Barnabas and Saul. And then in Acts chapter 14, it goes to Paul and Barnabas. The preeminence, the honor, the whole thing is shifted. Even the writer is showing honor to to Paul by putting his name first. Because Paul had become the stronger leader. We even see Barnabas kind of stepping back. We all know about what Paul did, but we know very little about Barnabas except that he was a great person when it came to encouraging and pushing people forward in the ministry. He had great respect for people around him and what their abilities were. Now, we mentioned earlier that I came from a different background, came from a different church, and I loved it there. I was there 40 years. But what happened there was things got lopsided with honor. We were taught to honor the pastors, and and believe me, we did in every way possible. 
We, we really did. And then we would have conferences, and all this ministry would, would come together. We'd have people from Africa and Holland and just all over the world would come to this place. And we would serve meals for a couple days. And, and, but what happened was I started to notice that there was a gap. The ministry was up here, and we were down here. And it was almost like a sense that at times I didn't even know if I could talk with the ministry because the pastors were up here. And then there was no real pushing forth of people and their giftings in the body. So what happened was this competition started to happen for everybody trying to get the same place because no one was finding where they needed to be because it wasn't open to them. So I went to a youth meeting one time. I was part of the leadership at the time, and I walked in, and I looked around, and there's about, I don't know, 25 people. And I started to notice that there was more youth leaders than there was youth because they didn't know what to do with this. There wasn't the avenues for us to fulfill our giftings and our callings. So we ended up with like, what, I don't know, 16 youth leaders and maybe nine youth you know, I was like, okay, either we have changed the age group or something's wrong. <laughs> so there was that lap, lopsided thinking, and it affected the body. You know, when I came here, oh, I mean, immediately, I was pushed forward. You know, you want to do this? You want to have a home group? We'll set you up. You can have a home group. You, you prophesy here, come on, let's get you into the prophecy. Is that what you do? Whatever you do, that's what we want you to do. And I'm, now at this point, I'm almost like, I've got to learn to say no. I've got to learn to say no. <laughs> because I'm so excited that I finally get opportunities to do things that it's like, yes, I'll do that. Sure, I'll do that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So we have to look for, you know, realize that we give honor to other giftings. Is Rod in here? Rod Milton. Rod is an exhorter, in case you didn't know. (laughs) Rod is an exhorter. When he walks in the room, the atmosphere changes as he begins to worship and praise God because he's an exhorter. I'm not an exhorter. I can't do that. I can't, I definitely can't keep up with him in in praise and worship, right? And then we have people like Jim and Chris Holmes who are helpers and servers and just wonderful people and just so willing to help out, you know, and we have all these, we have the evangelists over here, Lee, which I could not do that. I have a, it's hard for me to walk up to somebody on the street and say, hey, you want prayer? But he has that ministry. It would be a disaster if I tried to go out on the street and just walk up to somebody and and I would be stuttering. It wouldn't work. Maybe if I had some help, maybe. But you see, it's the gifting. It's it's we're to honor one another. You definitely don't want me to lead worship. I'll tell you how bad it is. I called my mother. I'm telling on you, Mom. I called my mother up on her birthday one day, right? Wished her a happy birthday. And I started singing happy birthday, and she's laughing. And I stopped, and she says, Kelly, 
you know you can do anything you want, but you cannot sing. You know it's bad when your mother says you can't sing. So that's definitely not my gifting. That's definitely not my calling. I went to a church in Connecticut one time to visit. It was a small church, and you'll find out why in a minute. I walked in. The pastor was the greeter at the door. I went in. The pastor was the worship leader. They announced the youth function for the weekend coming up. Guess who was in charge? The pastor was in charge. The only, the preaching. Guess who preached? The pastor did. I think the only thing he did not do was either he didn't take up the offering or he didn't do the prayer request. I'm not sure. There was just, I remember thinking it was only one item of the whole service he did not do. And I can remember thinking that man is going to burn himself out within six months to a year. And he's going to squash everybody in his congregation because he's not giving honor to them. So to make matters even worse, we're having, he's having his service and a girl went up to get prayer and I had actually met her the day before. And I'm over there and I'm really feeling like I want to pray for her. And, and of course, I'm not going to do anything because I'm new to this church. I'm just visiting. So the person that was with me that knew the pastor said, can Kelly come over here and pray for this person? And he said, yeah. He really didn't mean it. When I went over to start praying for her, he shut down the service and sent everybody home. He totally did not want anybody to do anything. He wanted to do it all himself. There was such an attitude and atmosphere of control. And with that, I want to say, I thank you that you are not that way. Thank you. We have a freedom here to be able to serve. You know, I watched a a show last night, because if you go into 1 Corinthians 12 and and Romans 12, you'll find out that um, Paul compares working as a church to the body, as I said earlier. I watched a little bit of a show. I couldn't watch it for very long because it was quite sad. It was called Body Bazaar. And what it was was different people with strange ailments, and some of them I just felt so bad for. And as I was studying my lesson this morning, God brought that show back to my mind and says we need to honor one another and begin to work together. And if you're here and you're not using your giftings, you need to dust them off and bring them out because if you don't, we're going to become a body bazaar. We're going to have something over-functioning here and something not functioning over here and someone's going to be left behind and someone's needs not going to be met because we need to all work together. That's right. That's right. 
You know, I can't do what you do. I am not a good administrator. That's why I appreciate my cousin now. I, I cannot, I'm, I get very nervous. It just, it freaks me out to be in charge of something and putting it together. And, and I just, I can't do it. I put a party together and for my mom and one time for my friend. And I was having a nervous breakdown before it got there. Because I just can't do that. That's not me. Honoring one another. Giving preference. Pushing someone forward. I asked the pastors before I left the other church, I asked them, I went to them and I sat down with them. And like I said, there was this sense of nobody using their gifting. So I sat down with them and I said, I told, first of all, I told them I was very lonely. And the second thing I told them was, I want to start a home group for single women that are between the ages of like 18 to 30 because I felt like I could really relate with them and really guide them. No. That was it. No. No explanation. No, let's pray about it. No, let's. And you know, within four months, I was gone. God just moved me out. Now, I I would like to say this about the church. They are under other pastors. So in talking about the other church, I want to tell you something that I noticed, unfortunately, about myself. They went into Hollingsworth Manor yesterday to do an outreach. My first thought was, and I hate to admit this, was, how dare they? We've been in Elkton praying, and now they're going to go down there and do an outreach? After all the work we've done, how dare they go and do that? And I thought, you know, that's really <laughs> so wrong on so many levels. Like there's not enough of Elkton to go around. <laughs> but that was my attitude. They're going out there. They're doing something in the community. And I was upset about it because I know we've done prayer walks in that community. And believe me, if there's a community that needs help, it's that area. But we do that sometimes. We see someone else stepping out in their giftings and we get jealous and upset because it's not us. Even though if we did it, we'd fall flat on our faces. It's a little lopsided. Do you know there's a story in the Old Testament? It's in 2 Samuel. And it's about David. And David was a worshiper. I mean, that was his heart. Before a king, before anything else, he was a worshiper. And he's bringing the ark back into Jerusalem. And he's dancing and he's thrilled and he's overexcited and, and just shouting. And, all, and his wife is looking on. And this is what happened. Micah, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and says, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of slave girls, of his servants, as any vulgar fellow. David said, It was before the Lord, who chose me rather than anyone else from his household. I will celebrate the Lord. I will become more undignified than this. 
and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you mentioned, I will be honored. The slave girls honored David for his worship before his wife did. And you know what happened to his wife? She never had children. We have to support one another because if we don't and we get an attitude like I got about the church yesterday, Lord, forgive me. It may cause me to become barren and not be able to bring forth my giftings because I'm too busy judging other people and their giftings that I'm not cultivating my own. We have an attitude where we can cultivate here. I would love everybody in here, whatever your gifting is, I don't know what it is, to start using because as that vision that uh, Lori talked about, unity and working together, what your strength is may be my weakness. What my strength is may be your weakness. Like I said, you don't want me to sing. Seriously. So my challenge to you today is, if you haven't been using the gifts that God has called you to, or maybe you don't even know what the giftings and callings or the visions are for yourself, start seeking them out. You know, in Corinthians, Paul wrote, pursue. Pursue the giftings. Pursue them. Go after them. Burn hot for them. There is a place in this church. And the more we begin to do that, the more we'll affect the community. You know, I'm, I'm glad we have freedom outreach. It's not something that I feel a burden to do, but I'm glad it's there. And I honor those that do that. I did, I did one time, I, no, two times I came and I helped them out. And I think it was an Easter that we were doing something, and I came and I helped them out. Anyway, the last thing I said to a friend of mine was, I hope they don't give me glue. I came in and they gave me scissors and glue. (laughs) I went home with more glue on myself than any kid. But I'm glad we have that. I'm glad we have, you know, someone in Cambodia working. I'm glad we have family promise. You know, I'm glad we have these things because someone got the vision to do it and pursued it. And there was a place for it. I don't know what God's put on your heart, but I know that he's got something for you to do. And I know he's given you giftings that maybe I can't do. So before we close tonight or today, I want you, if you have not walked into your giftings, Maybe you feel like, I don't know what they are. I want to pray for you before you leave today. And I want you to really begin to pursue God. What do you want me to do? What's my place in the body of Christ? Because we need you. Without you, we become the body bizarre. We need you. So, Lord, I just thank you for everybody in this place. And Lord, I just pray and ask that each one of us, Lord, would be willing to step up into the giftings and the callings that we have, and it would be made plain 
in our lives, Lord. Plain to us what we're supposed to do and that we would not fear man, would not fear uh, messing up, would not allow these things to stop us. But Lord, we would know that that is what you called us to do. And Lord, help each one of us to prefer and honor one another in our giftings, in our callings, in our visions, and in our work before God. Help us to support one another. Lord, not desiring to be someone else, not desiring to have that gifting, Lord, but to fulfill our own place and realize that everybody gets to play. Precious name, amen. Amen. Pastors. Thank you, Kelly.